So tonight we'll continue this chapter, the talk nobody wants to hear. Now, let me start, we were going to focus mostly, but not exclusively, on the questions and Joko's answers but before we do that, it which begins on page 61, and of course anything earlier is, um, is also, so to speak, fair game. It, the Joko says, Zen practice is difficult largely because it creates discomfort and brings us face to face with problems in our lives. I don't know if it creates discomfort, what it in a way, it might be better to say it encourages and supports us to face discomforts when those arise and to be willing to be face-to-face with what we think of as problems. We don't have to go create discomforts. Um, what we do is we start discovering all the ways that we call things discomforts and all the ways that we try to avoid what we believe is a discomfort and in a way create, unfortunately, more discomforts for ourselves. Um, We don't want to do this, she says, to sit quietly when we're upset and would really like to be doing something else is a lesson that sinks in. So, it's not that we need to create the upset, but to be willing not to go do something else to avoid the discomfort, which of course we can't avoid even if we do something else. That's the point. So I want to, I think that's an important place to recognize. So let's start with there, with that, and with the, you might almost say, strength to sit, as she says, which increases, whether just sitting daily, sitting all day, sitting sashin. In a sense, and I've used this example before, and I'm sure others have, it's almost as if you create um, and strengthen a muscle that's willing and able to be present with what seemed like too much, too heavy, too hard in the past. Now as you do it, you're more able and have the capacity to not turn away and avoid, but to face the present moment when it arises, in the way that it arises, which means in the way that our life arises, whether it's so-called inside or so-called outside, whether it means we so-called did something right or so-called did something wrong or someone else did something that we think is wrong and we have to be present and tolerate that because that's the way the universe is or whether it's simply because we go out and the weather isn't the way we want it or and you fill in the or so let let me stop here and see if we can 
go on from that or from whatever else you want to start with. Since you've all worked with this chapter for at least a week and might have discovered aspects of this in your own practice life. Anyone? Well, um, this is Lisa. Um, I, I, uh, one, one way, I guess the way I was interpreting and one way of seeing practice creating discomfort for me is, is just that, like for instance, if, if I have an impulse to act on a feeling or a, or, or a situation, or a thought, or something like that, and I'm practicing, then I sort of can't, you know, in a way, like, can't um, just sort of act on, on that. I have to sit with it and be aware of it, but not do something about it. So, in that sense, I could see practice creating discomfort. So, what's the discomfort there? For you, what would the well, discomfort like, be? Uh, like wanting to, you know, I guess wanting to do something to to get away from some feeling or, or thought or wanting to, you know, act on something. Uh, no, no, you be, know. Be, give an example so that we can, so we could then see what the discomfort is. I mean, is it, for instance, I could make up, a, a discomfort is not to yell back at someone who says something to me that I don't like. Right. So what's the discomfort there? Uh, well, uh, I guess I wasn't thinking of a particular example right at this moment, but I, there are, of course, there, there are just many things. Um, Well, we could we could go with, uh, sort of broaden the question and ask, when is there discomfort in our life? Is there discomfort in our life? If there isn't, then hey, great. <laughs> Often for me, it's like when I feel like, when I think I did something that I shouldn't have done, or I should have done something differently. Uh huh. Feel uncomfortable. Good. So, so you just said something. When I think I should have done something differently, or so, what's the discomfort there? That I might have hurt somebody's feelings inadvertently, or I. No, no. What's stay? What's the discomfort? Now you're giving Lee an. uh, Now you're going to an explanation. What is what is the discomfort? What are you what are you uncomfortable about? I'm uncomfortable about the, the, the criticism I'm giving myself about it though. Or that you're gonna get. Wait, wait, so, the, the, so, so No, mostly it's I'm uncomfortable yeah, or uncomfortable, yeah, with the anticipation of what might happen, but mostly it's that I'm you know, beating myself up and I, that doesn't feel very comfortable. <laughs> well, I would hope not. <laughs> If 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 we're 
figuratively or actually beating ourselves up, you're right. That just, that's uncomfortable. Well, I, I do that, uh, I do that a lot too, and I could use that as an example, Lisa. Like, sometimes I'll obsess over something I've, I've said in a, in a meeting at work, say. Uh, I, you know, I experienced some irritation and, you know, that came out in some little way, a little comment I made or something that, that was, you know, not appropriate. And I can, I can just go back over and over it afterward and usually I feel a sting of um, like shame or embarrassment that I you know like uh and I you know I just uh, it's just that kind of feeling and um, well that's discomfort good good so let, let me act it out a little so we can so there's almost this visceral criticism it's almost as if we say to ourselves and I'll look you know, exaggerate. Oh, how could you be so stupid? How could I do that again? What are they going to say about me? And and it's almost like we're almost yelling at ourselves, or else criticizing ourselves, and internally almost beating ourselves in a way. Whether it's uh, with words, with feelings, with um, visceral tightness with other sorts of critiques and then we become short-tempered and so that sort of discomfort comes from where and what what is is the problem and what is there to do with that Anyone? Well, you've got to live with your thoughts. One thing. You've got to live with your thoughts. That's interesting. Do, do we have to believe our thoughts? No. Good. That, that's a very important thing, to know that we don't have to believe our thoughts or our feelings though we always think we, we should or we think that they're true, in a way that's a very important part of our practice is the ability to almost, well, I'll use the word, to be bigger so that we don't have to believe our thoughts. They can come and they can go. If need be, we can label them. But we don't have to believe them. But that's very hard for many of us because we very much believe our thoughts and the, believe the criticism, which is what you brought up, or believe the, criti- the criticism as a reason to almost viscerally criticize ourself. So that, that's important. See, that, that is a, a discomfort that um, practice brings us face to face with. Sometimes when I feel discomfort it, it, uh, and, and thinking I should have been doing something else or I could have done this better or whatever, and those thoughts keep coming up and I can't seem to get rid of them or anything, and it's difficult to be with them, it feels like I, I, I put on my shirt backwards or that's bunched up under my, my armpits and I can't do anything to, uh, to adjust, and, and it's difficult to... Good. be with that, that uncomfortable feeling and I don't know what to do sometimes except just you know just notice it 
and deal with it, and, well, eventually it does go away, but it seems like it takes longer than it should. <laughs> <laughs> that which is another shirt you put on. It should get... Be, right. But that's that's very good, that you can sense how it feels like you put your... You used the example, I put my shirt on backwards, and it's all tight and, you know, squeezed and... Uh, and that's exactly the practice moment uh, is to... in in a way, sit in that moment of arising thoughts, feelings, whatever you want to call that, sensations, and to be willing to be that, because that's the way it is right now, but to also see the difference between being it and feeding it. See, in a way, when we're talking about opening ourselves up to, to practicing not just for ourselves, but for all others. All others includes all the feelings that we don't want to feel and allowing them to come and go. See, they're not ours. They're not us, except that we tell ourselves that they're us. They're feelings that come and they're feelings that go. The things that people say outside or we say inside that come and go. And we could either get caught up in having to fight against them, criticize them, be upset because they're there, or we can develop the capacity and willingness to f- be face-to-face with them, to embrace them as this moment. Because that's what's occurring now. And to see whether breathing is skillful to enable us to tolerate them, whether bowing is called for, what else is skillful to enable us to inhabit this moment. Because this moment is going to include these coming and goings, whatever comes and goes. Whether... There might be some other skillful means when this occurs. But that's in a way what our Zazen is, and that's what our Zazen in our daily life is. That's what Joko means when she says we gain strength to sit. Or we could say it, we gain strength to allow these thoughts, feelings, whatever that arises to be this life moment that we are. It yeah, takes. Now when, she, when she talks about uh, doing what is most fruitful for, for life, I find myself trying to figure out, figure what, what that, you know, figure out what that means or, or it is whether or not I could, you know, figure it out when 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 the opportunity occurs for me to to do something that's fruitful for life. But I guess that's not what she means. But, no, but I just find myself trying to figure that out all the time. Right. So one of the things to notice is a habit that we think when we read something, we then have to figure it out. Figuring out doesn't enable us to do. Doing is what enables us to gather the strength, so to speak, develop the strength to do. So, figuring it out 
planning it out. Next time these thoughts come up, I'm going to do A, B, C, D. Fine to have that, but then let go of it. Don't keep planning. Next time these thoughts come up, I'm going to do A, B, C, D. Because that isn't the way it works. Or maybe it does work for you that way. If you try that, tell me. Tell me what, what's happened. <laughs> Joko saying something about uh, the difference between planning, like it's fine to, you know, just do uh, some rational planning. If you're, if you're at work, you have to, you know, put a, an agenda together for a meeting or whatever it is. Between that kind of thinking and this ruminating. Yes. Yes. But I also think she said, when you're sitting, if you notice, you notice planning thoughts, let them go. Like, you're not supposed to be planning when you're sitting. It, it, it's not a matter of supposed to be. It, it, it's when they come up, let them come and let them go. You don't yeah. have to feed them. Right, when you're sitting. But, it, but, if you're, but if you're at work and you're planning your meeting, then it makes sense to think about it, yeah. right? Right, but if you're walking down the street and you're caught up in planning, or if you've been planning all day over and over and going over your plans, and therefore you missed the taste of your lunch because you were planning, and then you were speaking to someone, but half of you were still planning. And right. On page 63, she's got a, there's a few points there that in a way address, address this. That the, the, the very end of the first full sentence or the second sentence on page 63 at the top there's nowhere to get to Um, then going down a little further right opposite where the number is in a sense we can't help others we can't know what's best for them practicing with our own life is the only way we can help others we naturally serve others by becoming more who we are or I won't even say becoming, being more who we are. Because we are who we are, and yet we have to almost be it because of how much we resist it. But And if we go down to the end of the final full paragraph on that page, it's not that we get somewhere. More and more we just get ourselves. I don't mean only sitting on a cushion. If we're practicing well, we're doing zazen all the time. Doing zazen all the time means we're being present, we're noticing when we're entangled in thoughts, and then we're doing what's skillful so that the thoughts can arise and pass and we can continue being present. Being present means listening and responding when we're talking to someone. It means being in the car when we're driving and feeling the wheel, feeling the cushion, seeing what's out in front, hearing um, the sounds, and so forth. It's what we do, in a sense, uh, in more and more opening ourselves to ourselves, to this present moment, how it is, as opposed to how our stories about it get in the way. Well, you know, I remember something else, too, it was, um, that was useful for me, where I would think that, you know, well, this 
this particular activity wasn't as important as that activity. And also it was, you know, like, okay, so say like doing dishes or, I mean, I'm not trying to debate what's, what's more important, but I guess I'm just trying to bring out the point that I, I, uh, I, I think I remember Joko saying something about uh, noticing that, you know, you think that X is important, but, the, but Y is unimportant, and really trying to put yourself in, you know, every activity and really being present, like, even the things that you think, like, especially maybe the things you think are less important, just really, you know, practicing with noticing, you know, the, 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 the soap and the, the sponge and, you know, every, all the textures and, and everything like that. You know what's most important? What you're doing. That's right. What you're doing right now. And what you're doing right now is not some um, magical uh, or fixed thing. It's whatever it is you're doing, and it's multifaceted, myriad universes all together. And it's doing it as you do it. And you do, you is, if you want to start with the simplest way of talking about you, I mean, in the, in the Heart Sutra, we talk about the five aspects of being human. You could make eight aspects, you could break it up in all sorts of different ways, but fundamentally, it's you, the universe all together, that, and that includes all the, forms, beings that are in this universe of your life at this moment. That's what you do. And that includes a so-called future and a so-called past. But it's always what you're doing now is most important, whether it's planning next week's menu or reviewing last week's uh, bills and payments or whether it's sitting and listening to music right now, or planning next year's travel. So, This is Cindy, and yes. this might be taking us back to what we were talking about a little bit ago about about noticing thoughts about you know whatever is happening. But um, this morning, the dog woke up about twenty after four and started crying, and uh-huh. this happens from time to time. And I tried to do some things to block the sound out. But it became apparent that that wasn't going to work. So I went downstairs and took her outside so she could, you know, do her business. And as we were out in the backyard, my mind is just spinning out all these thoughts. Oh, my gosh. I'm so tired. I've never been this tired ever in my life before. This is so terrible. I have so many things I need to do today, and I, it, I'm so tired. And why is this happening? Why, you know, if I'd taken the dog for, you know, two walks today instead of one, she wouldn't be just on and on. But, but for some reason, for whatever reason, 
I was able to notice that. Good. And, and it just, you know, somehow it always helps me. And this is just a, a simple thing, and maybe it's just a trick. But if I, if I tell myself, this is Sashin. Yes. Right now, this is Sashin. And in Sashin, because there's so much support, and I don't know, because you're, you're in that place and there's no getting away, you just really encourage to practice because otherwise I think it would just be intolerable. Mm-hmm. And, and, and so, you know, just noticing those thoughts and, and then just coming back to, okay, you know, you know, this is how my body feels and, um, and then just, just going on and letting go of that big story about how tired I am and how much there is to do um, really made a difference. Good. It's good to remember that when you wake up and the dog is requiring this or that, that's your beginning of the day Zazen. So when you're out with the dog, it's Zazen time. There's a, uh, maybe you should get, there's a nice, uh, funny statue of a Buddha with the head of a dog. So it's a dog Buddha. <laughs> well, actually, it's funny that you say that because I was someplace just a couple of weeks ago and they had this Buddha statue that was on sale really cheap. It had a little bit of a chip, but it looked like it was supposed to go outside. So just last week I put it outside in the backyard under the tree. And, you know, I'm out in the back with the dog quite a bit. <laughs> and so it's there now. Good. And um, it's, you know, I don't know, just that, just that form, just seeing that form, that, that still, uh, I don't know, whatever, what, I don't know what the word is to use to describe the, the form, but um it has been a, a, a good uh, practice aid for me. So Good. So when you take your dog out, consider that Zazen. So if your Zazen starts early, you know, that's what happens in Sashim. It starts when it starts. Right. We're very, exactly. We, we, we usually stay on schedule, but in some Zendos, and I've had the experience in some Sashims, Sometimes you get woken up early to come and start Zazen an hour earlier or several periods earlier. And the only one who has problems with it is our ideas about when things are supposed to be. Exactly. Yes, yes. That's, so. that's a good... Um, just, yeah, that's just, a good thing. The, the other thing I was going to say, just uh, when people were talking about planning is that I've started to notice that sometimes I think so much about what I need to do and how I need to do it that I, I've spent so much time doing it that when I actually start to do it, I'm almost surprised that it's not that it takes as long as it does to, to actually do it because I've thought about it so much that it sort of seems like it should already be done. <laughs> so, uh, I, I, you know, I could use that that time better, yeah. actually. 
you know, doing those things instead of thinking about them. So, thank you. You're welcome. A- and that's very good. The proof that something needs to be done is that it's what appears right now. What needs to be done about it is a different matter. That's a matter of our wisdom and ability to see. But whatever appears in our life, whether so-called inside or so-called, so-called outside, is our practice opportunity of the moment, because it's our universe of the moment. At the end of this chapter, Jopo says, very directly addresses this. The, the last um, paragraph on page 65, where she begins, life presents us with lessons all the time. It's better if we can learn each one, including the small ones, but we don't want to learn them. We want to blame a problem on someone else, something else, etc., etc., etc. The end of that paragraph, practice about learning from each thing as it comes up, when it comes up, whether it comes up when we want it to or whether we don't. So, when bigger issues confront us, we're more able to handle them. Learning from it means first being present as what comes up. And if what comes up is, I don't like this coming up, I don't want to have to deal with this, this isn't fair, then that's what we get to be present with. It's fine. You don't, none of us, ever lack from practice opportunities. Whether it's I'm bored, I have nothing to do, or I'm overwhelmed, I have too much to do, or anything in between. Or these aren't the things I'm supposed to be doing now. Or, and you fill in the or. See, that's the wonderful part of our life. Our life is just ongoing, upright sitting, practicing self-samadhi. That, that's all you have. And it's up to us to make good use of it, to penetrate this life, or not to. And that's what she says. You, you either do it, or you don't. And if you don't, then you get to do it again, in different ways. <laughs> so... So I haven't heard much from Springfield. Anyone in Springfield have anything to say? No, we're pretty contemplative here in Springfield tonight. This is Debbie. You know, when I was reading the question and answers with the students, and she talks about a fruitful, a fruitful life. Uh-huh. And um, I was a little surprised at that because it almost sounds like, you know, not just needing whatever experience you have, but actually um, talking about some goals. Um, I, But it's true that... Um, I'm constantly making the lists about what will make me happy and secure. 
if I can just, you know, this this would happen or that would happen or I could get this done. And um, uh, but can you help me a little bit because she she does then tell you that there are things that are more fruitful, like. I mean, I had a real example here at church last week where a friend who was trying to move into a new house and she's had, she has a lot of work to do on it and I've helped once and, and I've said to her, I'll help whenever you need to and she came up and said, well, we're doing the floors today and all I could do in my mind was go, go through the whole list of things in my head that I needed to do and to make my life feel safe, and and I actually didn't help her, um, but uh, you know she talks about this here, like uh, like there are better ways to be. Um, However, judging yourself by some external standard isn't necessarily a better way to be. So it's fine to make offers and it's also fine to say yes I can do this now or no I can't do it. And no one else could know what's skillful and appropriate for you and no one else could know what going beyond your self-considerations are. So, notice it's it's very easy. I, I didn't need, I you know, my thoughts told me I need to do these things today. Um, I, you know, I was, I, I was kind of struggling with her saying, so if, if a fruitful life is a life of compassion, it, sometimes the trying to figure out what the skillful thing to do is is difficult um, um, to t- try to decide what things you just have to do because you know if you don't do them you know you won't have food in the house or something or whatever and, and what things are just you know, you think will make you happy and you could put aside to help someone else. And I kind of struggle with that a lot because um, then I, you're right, then I start judging myself. After I told her no, I felt terrible. And I sent her an email and I said, oh, I just, I, I feel really badly. You asked me and I said no. And, um, you know, I made this judgment that my list was, more important that your than your need at the time, and uh, I don't know. I just it's it's hard to figure out what the skillful thing to do. And I was surprised to see her discuss a fruitful life. Um, uh-huh. So that's very good for you to notice how difficult and some way some ways tangled it can become, and part of that is practicing with that tangle so that you can be present and see yes I can do this or no I can't do this and then let 
notice if you can then let go of the continual judgment about yes I should have or no I shouldn't have or how come I'm so or how come she's so and we make choices all the time and our practice isn't about a new set of guidelines of what I should do Um, and Joko specifically talks about not setting ourselves up as a martyr or having some sort of ideal standard of what I ought to do so that every time someone asks me I should say yes if you want to do that fine do that as a practice for a period of time and see what happens but if we set that up as new standards then that just becomes another problem because we somehow get the idea that if I do that then I'm going to get somewhere else I'm going to take care of something that those are the very um, problems that kind of thinking or that kind of viewpoint is the very problems so yeah, that's uh, page 62, the top of that page. Yes. There is no formula about how to make choices among many things you can decide to do. It depends on your practice, your ability to see what supports your practice, your ability to see that there are multiple things and there will continue to be more. I mean, if you've got, if you have a phone and, and internet contact, you could have endless things to do and you could put yourself on all sorts of lists for all sorts of committees. And then you have to make choices about what's skillful to nurture your life. And your life doesn't mean just you, but your life is the life of the the whole universe that you're connected with. And yet you can't do a thousand things unless you want to constantly be frazzled and frustrated. So... That's the, that, those are the choices we make, and choices is part of doing your life. Saying, yes, thank you, no, thank you. Yes, I want to do this, but I can't go because I'm doing something else today. Or, yes, I would like to do, go to all these different exhibits, but I don't have the time and energy because I have to go to work and then I also have my zazen and I have my family to spend time with and I can do without seeing those exhibits even though they're the most important thing for, uh, because that's what the media says and I have to go, get, go to all those movies or whatever. But, it, but it's true. It is true. And I, I, that's a particular struggle I have because of this church community you know, I'm on the board, I'm on the committees, I'm on the social justice committee, we have a lane and one things, you know, 
but we have a meeting at the university next Monday on immigration. I mean, you just you could you could just keep making choices. Yeah, I mean, it just seems as if I'm constantly making choices, and um, and her her what is a fruitful life? Should I, you know? Should I live as simply as simply as possible and 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 utilize all my time towards outreach to others and um, and I know that you say that there's no answer and I know that and and I know it's, a lot of it's about practice and so and then being able to kind of rest in that moment and bring to bear you know, your your practice and make a choice. But those are hard and you know, those are the things that your life is made of is all those choices and what you do. So when you say that's hard, see that's the point when there's the spinning and it's hard to make the choice, that's the practice point. When there's you could load yourself up with appointments all day, every day, and all your free time and all your work time. However, if you don't see what you're doing when you do that, then that becomes a further hindrance and burden, or it can be choices of, this is what I want to put my life energy to. Fine. If it's skillful, if you can see that, good. If it's too much and you can't be present to sense how it's too much, then in a way you will have the consequences of that. If you, one of the aspects is is how can these circumstances and choices be part of my practice, and what one person's choices are at one time might not be someone else's choices, or even your choices at a different time. If you are always feeling a need to get on to every committee, that's something to look at. If you're always feeling a need to avoid every committee, that's something to look at. <laughs> In a way, you know, practice is considered finding the golden mean um, between the extremes of always loading up and always refusing. <laughs> if I say it in that way. But that's something we have to be present to in order to be able to see what's called for out of living and being here this moment. And living here this moment means being able to look at our calendar and see, I need so much and so much time so that I can be healthy enough in order to do these and these meetings and these and these committees that I want to be part of and spend this time with my family and grandkids or etc, etc. So, yes, that's why practice is always about our being present and learning from each thing, as Joko says, learning from each thing as it comes up. So, doing one thing at a time and seeing what's called for from there and being willing to make changes when that comes up. Someone w- 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 started saying something. I don't know. 
I, I think I, I, I was, uh, I mean, sometimes it's almost like there's this embarrassment of riches in terms of the choices. It's not always a negative thing. It's just like, wow, there's so many different things I want to do. You know, it, you know, it's it's hard sometimes to, um, you know, focus. Uh, you like you put 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 my life's energy into something. That's what you said. Um, it, it, you know, you know, it's, it's um, and you just have to be with that, I guess. You just have to see, I guess, ultimately that. You're not going to be able to do it all. You know, sometimes I wish I could. Ah, so so so. When you say it's hard to focus, or I wish I could do everything, what's that? See that? that what is this? Wish I can do everything? I think it's greed. I suppose. <laughs> <Is> that tradition. <laughs> yeah. Yes. What? Why is there a need to do anything? Well, that's a good question. That's a good question. Or we could ask... Yeah, the feeling that I get, though. Sometimes I feel very, you know, I'm alive if I'm doing something or not. But there's an energy sometimes and an internal feeling that I get, even more energy sometimes when I do certain things. Good. Then, then do those things. <laughs> but But when we have some abstract, I need to do everything, or I need to do anything that... And you fill in that 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 everyone asks me. Who says yes. so? No, absolutely. So our practice is always to see what's skillful and appropriate now, and what's called for in my life, not what's called for in my idea of what other people want or my idea of what I want, as opposed to being present and. Out of being present, we can respond to the circumstances, whether it's getting up in the morning to take the dog out or simply waking up early and getting up and saying, okay, I'll do Zazen now and then I'm going to go out for a run or go out for a walk because I'm up. Or I could lie there and complain about I got up this early and it's so terrible and what am I going to do and it's not fair and how am I going to function the rest of the day and... And that's the way it is moment by moment, whether it's when we get up or in the middle of the day or the end of the day or when we're going to sleep. We could be going to bed and thinking about all the terrible things that I, about how I didn't get to do all those things and isn't it terrible and they should have let me do that and why were they that way and etc. etc. The point that Joko is encouraging us in this chapter is to see where we ask the wrong questions and where we refuse to hear and see what's called for in our life practice of this moment, this moment, this moment. Is there ever any time to not be in this moment, sort of like daydream or, you know, like that? You could, you could, do, you could daydream as this moment. <laughs> Sit down and daydream. Fine. No problem. Daydreaming is this moment, too. Yeah. It's not, there's a time not to be this moment. The, the, the truth of the matter is, most of the time we're not this moment. Most of the time, we're 
hindered and blinding ourselves from this life moment, whether it's big or little or great or no big deal, whether it's something special or something most ordinary, doesn't make a difference. It's to be this doesn't make a difference moment completely. Yeah, it's difficult for me to, to convince myself right, to, that this moment is really important and pleasurable <laughs> when, it, when I, my experience is that it's not usually that way. It's very difficult and, and something I'd rather not look at or be with. Good. When, especially when I have this idea that, oh, some other moment in the future or maybe some other past moment that I've experienced, that I've experienced had a good time about, that I'd rather be there, you know, and... You don't have to convince yourself of anything. If you if you notice yourself believing, I'd rather be there, right? That's your practice. Being caught up in that idea, I'd rather be there. Or if only, good, then right there is your practice, that those thoughts and feelings. What's skillful to do when those thoughts and feelings are what's covering your eyes and ears? How do you hear the universe through those thoughts and feelings? Or do you hear the universe? Do you feel your body through those thoughts and feelings? Do you hear someone else who's speaking to you with through those thoughts and feelings? You don't have to have any... Don't, don't make a new ideal or any special ideal about the way the moment should be. Just be the Dharma of the moment or penetrate the moment as it is. Anyone else? Good. Okay. Um... Thank you all. We'll continue next week. We go into the eye of the hurricane. Isn't that good? From the talk nobody hears to the eye of the hurricane. But, so, good night until then. Good night. Good night. Good night. Good night.